cliffcentral.com And now, whoop. <laughs> and now, whoop. And now, who's a solar? I just liked your hill. Whoop. What is that? Uh, it's a thing that we do when we're, when we're adding spice to a song. So it's, no, no, so let's rephrase that. It's a thing you do when you don't know the <laughs> words to the song. <laughs> Welcome to the show. It is, frankly speaking, an hour of talking about hot potato issues in South Africa, what you think about it, what we really should be saying and speaking about. And uh, I'm very excited to have Roy Sang Shavalala back in studio. What's up, homie? Where have you been, bro? Uh, out and about. No, last, just say it. Say where you were. Why? Just say where you were. Say last week I was here. Last week I was I was uh, out and about. <laughs> I wasn't here. <laughs> Don't worry, the, the listeners all know because I told them oh, uh, last week oh, where goodness. you were in Switzerland and then in France and then in Paris. Oh and, my goodness! You know, so I sent them pictures as well, so oh, they all goodness. know. Someone's living the high life. The rest of us, we were in Bronco Sprite the other day. <laughs> we have to start somewhere. <laughs> we have to start somewhere, brother. Yeah. We have to start somewhere. <laughs> How you doing, man? Strong, man. It's uh, it's it's back. It's good to be back. Um. Of course, a very interesting time in uh, in in South African and African uh, uh, landscape at the moment. Um, all sorts of things and just this overriding sense. Aren't you tired of the politics uh, in in this country at the moment? And the the, the politics are. It's just there's a constant conversation. Um, around uh, politics and how politics are affecting everything and getting in everyone's way. Um, but I think the thing that for me that 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 caught my eye um, and caught my heart because you know most of the, the the shows that we have are always focused on you know this is something that really uh, beyond just intellectualizing really 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 irritates me. Mm. Um, and it was the situation at the Peter Marisburg Girls High School. Jeez, we're going um, back already. Eh? A, a racism incident at at Peter Marisburg uh, Girls High School, mm. but uh, that was a student. It it got us thinking around. But what is the state of let's call it transformation in the classroom um, as a means to beginning to move forward um, with this racism thing? At least let's look inside the classroom and say uh, what's going on there. Um, uh, to what extent ha- do we have an integration in the Model C and private schools of black teachers that aren't just teaching Kosa and not Soto <laughs> and Zulu um, that are that are teaching some of the core subjects like mathematics and and, mm. and, and even English, you know? Um, so to what extent have we moved uh, in that regard? But also... Uh, white teachers in township schools, right? There's no such thing as a black school anymore, but we seem to have it because they're just schools that are considered black. They're for black students, um, where black teachers teach black students, right? In black communities. But South Africa is a different place now. Um, it's no longer about it? black communities. It's, 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 we should be, we should be able to say, uh, White kids can go to, to, to schools and townships and, and, but more specifically, teachers should be, should be. So I'm like, okay, all these, all these student teachers that are coming out of, of, of university and so on, because they're there, mm. um, they all, by some coincidence, end up, uh, in schools in, 
white communities or formerly white communities. Mm. Um, <clears throat> is that a coincidence? Why in the world are we not seeing white teachers being allocated to? Because it then goes with opportunity and 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 all of that stigma. So, so yeah, so so <clears throat> it would be very interesting to explore, and I think we've got the right type of guests to explore this today. So it's an interesting uh, discussion starting, I suppose, uh, on Sunday. There was this uh, whole thing to add to your stories, Rory, about uh, in the Sunday Times about transformation in schools. Hmm. And they had a picture of the Northcliffe High School, um, the Northcliffe High School uh, teacher body mm-hmm. in their annual in their annual photographs. And I do feel a little bit sorry for Northcliffe because they're definitely not alone in this, but it is a beautiful picture uh, of exactly where we are in our schools. There hmm. are there are two black staff members. Um and they are not the only ones. So 90% in the most expensive school, uh, 91% in Hilton College uh, are white teachers. Now, this is Hilton College, 250,000 rand a year mm. to go and study there. Mm. How are they not able to attract black talent to their school? It's a it's you know, a very big and and that's a very big question is is are are black people being systematically um, excluded from mm. the opportunities to teach at the height of education <clears> in some of these schools and then what does it say in terms of perpetuating certain biases within society so to the extent that uh, because that school probably has a lot of black kids to the extent that uh, the the black the, the the black people that they see and spend most of their time around are the ground staff mm. and the people that, that are teaching them and creating these relationships with them are white staff. What does that, what does that do for the black child, but mm. also for the white child? Definitely. Um, who, who just believes that they cannot maybe not even learn anything from a black person because, hey, I'm not seeing a literal, um, expression of me learning anything from, because the people in front of me are all, are all white after so long. After so long, why is it that we still have this thing of untransformed staff bodies within schools? There's another, there's a flip side to this conversation, isn't there, about the black parents as well. And I suppose the white parents. But in this case, I've spoken to a number of young, uh, parents who happen to be black. And, um, they, <clears throat> they, there's an interesting psyche going on where they say they'd rather have their, their kids taught by white teachers. Have yeah, you heard I, that as well or not? No, I haven't. I'd love to see your sample. Because it, was, I, it wasn't a big sample, so I, it's not like yeah. all black people think this, but yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm just interested if that's a, if that's a I, thing. I'm increasingly hearing a lot of my, my friends and so on saying they're very concerned about um, the representation um, of black people in the mm. lives of their own children. Right. They're saying when my child goes to school, the only black people that he's exposed to is are the people that clean and, and do the gardens and mm. so on. Uh, the staff is all white. And what does that say? What does that say to him and his, and his sense of worth and his sense of uh, understanding around the, the place and position of black people within mm. society? Um, there, there, there is a conversation worth having, and I think that might be what you're raising around perceptions of quality yes. and, and white. Mm. Um, and and that that certainly is something that you see. You know, if a school becomes, you know, some of our former schools that we went to when we were there, 
uh, we were the minority as black people. And if you go back there, you realize that the black people are the majority and how then that is regarded as a shift in quality. Right and and all the good teachers leave and so on. And so what what what's at the what's at the root of that? Mm. And that for me, uh, I really believe is um, this unresolved uh, racist tendencies within all of us that mm. still need to be that still need to be resolved. And and we're seeing them in schools. And you know, the the interesting thing is let's let's leave private schools out of it for a bit. Public schools, government. Keeps preaching about this. Aren't they the ones that hire teachers and so mm. on? So, what is government doing about it? Um, of course, uh, increasingly in especially former Model C schools, you have a large staff complement being hired by the governing body itself, and those are the parents. Mm-hmm. And what are the parents as well doing about it? And so, yeah, I think this is a conversation worth having. You can see, <laughs> I just have to laugh. You can see we haven't seen each other in a while, huh? Yeah, we're catching up. This is Put like, this is like we are, there's about 15 shows here within the, <laughs> the, the first little, uh, montage of discussions. I missed you too, Oh, I did miss you. I did miss you. <laughs> uh, so listen, if you, if you have any comments or thoughts on this, you can hit us up, uh, cliffcentral.com on we, WeChat or at Rory Shabalala or at Yebo underscore Levy, L-E-V-Y. And, um, we can take your thoughts, your comments, your questions about this. We've got a, a very cool and um, diverse bunch of people that we're speaking to today. Um, I think what we need to understand is where we're going. Well, what's the real theme of this, Rory? Yeah, well, well, frankly speaking, should we be, you know, should there be transformation in the classroom? How are we doing on transformation in the classroom? Or does it matter uh, what the race of your teacher is hmm. you know so i think that's the that's the big thing is you know frankly speaking uh does my teacher's race matter and um and it, it will be good to understand uh if it matters why it matters and 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 to that extent what the impact of uh, not transforming is within the classroom hmm so let me ask you this then what is what does it matter to you rory it does matter to me. It matters to me on a number of uh, fronts. The first one is um, the, the the role models that we put in front of our kids, mm. right? And uh, to the extent that 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 kids aren't being exposed to a diverse set of role models, um, it's only going to perpetuate societal biases. Um, it's going to continue to perpetuate the idea that. Um, instruction comes from white people and black people clean, clean the, the, clean the classroom and, and sweep the yard. Um, I think, I think our kids, black and white, need to be exposed to diversity because even, you know, a teacher doesn't just bring the content of what they're teaching. They bring themselves. They bring relationship. We all have teachers that have impacted our lives and so mm-hmm. on. And, and that can fundamentally change, um, the relationship and, and the perception that one has of other races when you've had those sorts of profound relationships with teachers. So let me just ask you very quickly before we hit our callers up and our, our people that we want to speak to. Are you telling me that you would, for your child, be willing to sacrifice? Let's just say there's this space right now because transformation hasn't happened in our schools, right? You'd be willing to sacrifice your child's education quality to make sure that your child is then is then 
equally taught by black and white teachers. But that's the point. Why do we believe that uh, quality is compromised? No, I'm saying have, in the I'm saying in people. this space right now. So mm-hmm. I 100% agree with you. There, there shouldn't be any kind of quality differentiation, and there isn't, right? There's mm-hmm. high quality black teachers out there, but the schools so right now aren't transformed, right? Well, so I I must admit I don't have kids. Um, I don't make these decisions, so I haven't actually, I haven't looked. <laughs> so you're not there I haven't yet. looked across Fair the enough. landscape Fair and enough. trying and figured out if there's a school, there's a school that has that has a diverse staff mm. uh, that is also quality. So I don't, I can't, I can't comment. You, you've got you, you, you've got kids. Uh, it's difficult. Yeah. So, so I think. So how um, does that go? Well, I mean, just let's look at the overall. So you can't send your child to Hilton because that's uh, that's ninety percent uh, is is white. You can't send your child if you if you. You aren't a high roller. You can't even send them to Northcliffe High School, government school, because that's at 96%. So it's even worse, 96% yeah. white. Um, schools like West, so Cape Town is just a disaster. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't send them to Westerford, another government school. You can't send them to Bishops, another government school. Um, in Joburg, you can't send them to St. John's, Rodine. Uh, it's so difficult. what do you do? It's difficult. You, you say, you know what? These things are... Swaziland, man. They matter less. Swaziland. Mm, are the teachers there... Waterford. Uh, are they, I are, believe are the, the staffing complement is mostly black. Oh, fantastic. At Waterford. Yeah. And uh, that's, I think, the, the way to go. We need to do something about this. I think it's not good enough uh, that we're, we're where we are. So I think let's, let's begin to speak to some of the stakeholders in the education system and uh, hear what they have to say about it. All right, you 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 found someone interesting, Rory. Someone who is counter to the situation. I think we've got Swangila on the line. Um, oh, okay, yeah. okay. So you, fa- you found somebody interesting. <laughs> <laughs> somebody I who's got a very change. interesting story around. Uh, her well, experiences. we wanted to speak to teachers as well. Uh, Sibongeli, good morning to you. Uh, good morning, guys. How are you? Good, good. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us. I believe you are in, the word is invigilating. Is that correct? Yes, I am. Jeez. Yes, but they haven't started writing, so it's like a study session. Oh, I see, I see, I see. So, uh, sorry, it's Abongile, not Sibongile. I apologize about yes. that. Yeah, no worries. Um, so you've got an interesting story. I spoke to uh, your, some, your sister, I think your relative on, on Facebook, and she said that uh, at one stage when you were applying for jobs, you and a, a colleague uh, who happened to be white, same degree, same years of experience, applied for a private school position in Pretoria, and lo and behold, you didn't get the job and your white colleague did. Why do you think that was? Well, um, let me just say a couple of things I'd correct with, um, the, with the story. Sure. Uh, we both applied to the same school. Actually, it's, um, it's a fee-paying government school. And um, we do have the same qualification, same level of experience, but it was for two different departments. So she teaches English, um, I teach in the commercial department. Um, I mean, on on my end, I sent in the I sent in the application. I didn't receive a response as to whether or not um, the application was successful or not. But I did um, after that find out that the position did go to a white candidate, a white male, um, and the justification that was given by the friend of mine was that possibly because the school had um, been using this person as a um, supply teacher or a, a temporary teacher, and perhaps that's why they were preferred over myself. Mm. But, um, yeah, so that was the one situation. The other was I applied to a private school position as well, um, and with that as well, you just don't get any response back. And generally, I find that when my white friends or colleagues 
go and apply for positions, similar level of experience, they tend to get the job. Avangina, so, 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 so do yes. you believe that there's a problem of, uh, let's say, racist, racism um, as far as the recruitment and, and, and at least, uh, comp- uh, what is it, putting together staff compliments in schools? I definitely think so, because I currently work at a predominantly uh, black student body school, mm-hmm. uh, but the educators are predominantly white. And we often joke amongst ourselves that we feel like it's a quota system. Um, you know, you, if you've got at least 10 black teachers on the uh, student body, it doesn't make you look racist. Mm. But I also think that from the side of parents, parents contribute to it as well. Tell because us more. As, yes, black parents who oh, black don't parents. show... Yes, okay. I, I feel like they don't show confidence in us as black educators. Okay. And they also, especially those black parents with more money, tend to move their kids uh, to the more affluent schools with predominantly white teachers. Amangila, just help me understand, uh, how does the recruitment process work, let's say, in the government system? Isn't it government that makes the decision of who goes to which school? Um, there, it's twofold. So you can uh, apply directly to district, and if the school fails to fill the position themselves, then someone is sent to the school by the district. The other um, way that it's done is it's done by the school, uh, because remember, you've got STD posts and you've also got uh, the government posts. Mm. So then you will have, um, you'd have the, say, principal, the deputy principal, the head of department, and a school governing body member. Um, and they would do the uh, interview process. They would then motivate the department as to why this person needs to be appointed, and then, you know, the appointment takes place. But I feel like the Department of Education is also not looking very closely at our former Model C schools to see that um, the representation of the staff complement matches that of the student body. Abangile, uh, Panyaza Lesouf has been pretty... Um vocal about this uh, just uh, the June 1st uh, conference policy conference he spoke about transformation do you think yes. that he's all talk and no action um you know perhaps not directly because i would say obviously if you've already got these existing teachers you can't fire them and replace them with black teachers but what i would suggest is that when um, vacancies do open up that you know preference if we're going to go the affirmative action route preference should be given to uh, people of color in terms of filling those positions. So where do they end up? Where did where do the? If I may ask, how old are you, Avangila? Oh, I am thirty-one years old. So you're a young teacher. You're you're fairly uh, young and the thing. So 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 where do your peers um, end up? So you you come out of college or university and you're now all excited about getting into the classroom. Yes. Um So where where have you guys ended up? Um, a lot of uh, my peers, especially that I compete, because I went and worked first, then went into teaching. Mm. And um, a lot of them through the postgraduate program would have ended up at um, what we would call township schools, because okay. that's, where they're, that's where they can get um, positions Post. more mm. readily. Yes. Or otherwise, uh, people will try to reskill and then try to go into something else. The positions are there. People do get employed. But um, it's not necessarily in the areas where you'd want to be. So you might be forced to go further away from home because that's just where you're getting a position. And uh, what happens to your white colleagues uh, or you, the, the people that you studied with that are white? What What's the, uh, you know, do they end up, because I, I imagine they get exposed to the same uh, posts and some of those are in townships and so on, but we don't really hear of an influx of white teachers in the township. No. So where do they end up? And, uh, uh, like, I don't have statistics, right? I wouldn't mm. say 50% of them have gone to 
Um, But a large majority have been absorbed into the private schooling system. I'm going to name drop here. So you've got your Kuros hiring them. You've got Midstream College that I know of. Mm. Um, There's also an academy that's in Pretoria. So more often than not, um, former, former, what should I say, classmates and colleagues, they've gone into the private schooling system. Some of them have gone overseas, obviously, mm. but yeah. But the same, these are, they go into, to, they get absorbed into the same posts that you guys are applying for as well. Yes. And, yes. and there's somehow a disproportionate absorption of white uh, teachers uh, versus black teachers. I would say so, definitely. That's in my estimation. That's what happens. And but I mean, obviously, I have no cold hard facts. But so, so what? My what do you think is going on? If you had to summarize, as we as we let you go, so you can go and invigilate our lovely yes. our lovely leaders of tomorrow. What what <laughs> what do you think the issue is, and and how do we resolve it? Um, I suppose I could say two things. One is that we still have this idea that. Um, Black teachers aren't as qualified as their white counterparts, even if, let's say, your transcript is going to say otherwise. And uh, the second part of of it is also, I think, us as black educators just don't apply enough for those positions because we take it for granted that you're just like, oh, okay, I'm probably not going to get this job anyway, so why try? So I'm interested. That's uh, you know, what th- I'd put it down to. I find this fascinating um, simply because. Rory, we were speaking about it. These big schools, these big specifically private schools who come yeah. under the spotlight quite a bit and have come under the spotlight quite a bit lately, um, they should be dying for high quality black talented, uh, teachers, which they are. You, you would think so, yeah. I, I, yeah. I really don't understand this. I mean, I think, I mean, it should be like a, uh, a salary war out there, you know, because like, it's clearly not happening. The staff rooms aren't changing, and yet all these these principles in the, in this article specifically are talking about they are creating transformation models and discussions and blah blah blah. Yeah. But here are all the teachers applying, and no one's getting the jobs. You know, it's funny that you should say that. I just remembered something. Uh, another friend worked at a school which she subsequently left because she felt that the staff complement was far too racist. Um, they were trying to implement said transformation strategy, and the principal stood up in the staff room and said, listen, if we're honest, um, the people who are going to be applying for positions, uh, talking about black candidates now, he said, they're not going to be able to get here because they don't have transportation. And he then drew a parallel with his domestic worker and said, you know what, um, she has to get up at 4 o'clock <laughs> oh, in the morning. Wow. I kid you not. Wow. I kid you not. That's great. He said his domestic worker has to get up at 4, get a bus, and so on. So really, teachers will have difficulty getting to the The school. only other and black person I know is my domestic worker. So let me exactly. draw parallels about black life according exactly. to her. Shame. It was it, it was terrible. And yeah, as I say, my friend then left the school because she just couldn't take that kind of talk. Sorry, wrap up quickly. We just need to finish up. So give us your last thoughts. Um, Yeah, no, I think uh, uh, Mr. Lusufi particularly has to uh, put a lot more pressure on private schools to integrate um, and transform their their, their staff complement because if, if they're not going to do it voluntarily, at least that's my that's my opinion. I don't think they'll do it voluntarily. Abungile, may I wish you all the best of luck in your teaching, and uh, we really appreciate the work that you are doing as a teacher. Um, we need more high quality, uh, passionate people. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for your time, guys. All the Bye. best.
Rory, what are your thoughts? I mean, very quickly. I am very frustrated. I I think the fact that we are still struggling with this is really, 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 really upsetting. Um, you know, to the extent that you have people that are systematically excluding um, uh, black talent out of the classrooms and so on, and then and then we say there are no teachers. No, there are great teachers. You're just not creating the space for them. Mm. How is it that Akuro and and all of these schools, the private schools, are are disproportionately absorbing white teachers over black teachers? It doesn't make sense. Mm. Um, it it just shows a perpetuation of 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 racism that continues to happen in society. And w- then why are we surprised when you have young people growing up and all also beginning to to adopt these racist tendencies. Mm. Why are we surprised about always, square incidents? Yeah, there was always this thing about no, just let the old generation die. No, the old generation is passing on their biases to the new generation. Mm. And we're going to continue to have these issues if we don't address them. I think it's not good enough um, that to this day and age we still have this going on. It's just it's ridiculous. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, man, and and I think there's there's some interesting comments that are not worth speaking about uh, that are coming through about uh, some opinions, but those opinions are clearly that is a dumb mess. <laughs> oh my goodness! Okay, who we got next, Rory? What's happening? What's the story here? Well, I think so. I'd love to speak to we we got a white teacher who teaches in the township, mm. and I think that would be a very interesting thing if we're able to. He's traveling. He's 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 on the way to Cape Town. So, um, we, if we are able to reach him, that would be great. Um, we also have Naptosa. Um, mm-hmm. so they're the National Teachers um, Association, Professional Teachers uh, Association, a union. Um, they're a union. So it would be good to hear from them around what they think. And then finally, um, we've got somebody from the South African Governing Body Foundation as well. Um, and that that uh, assumedly is just a lot of parents. And so it would be good to ask them around. So, w- how concerned are you guys about the fact that the classroom is not transforming? Um, so. Yeah, I am. I'm. I'm really. It, it's. I'm. I'm hot and bothered. I'm really. I can upset. see. I can I'm see. I'm upset about uh, what's happening. But of course, we've got other, other, other listeners who are sending in messages and saying, "Hey, I had a colored teacher, or I had a colored master math teacher, and he was kiff." So, you see, the 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 point that needs to be made here is we need to separate uh, this connection between uh, color and quality. Mm. And if we do that, if we do that, then we should. We should be able to see again. This is the same thing we speak about over and over again um, on the show. Is we then should be able, if in a country of eighty percent, at least eighty percent black people, mm. then we should be able to see that representation in your staff. Mm. And if it's not in your staff, then we've got a problem. Mm. What is going on? Then it means that there is systematic, deliberate attempts to keep black staff out of white, so-called white schools. Mm. Um, and in the same way. I still need to understand why we aren't seeing white people having to travel the distances that black teachers have to travel. So they can go and teach in Soweto and go and teach in Deep Sloot mm. and go and teach um, in Langa, wherever. That that for me is frustrating because it's it means that the best opportunities in the leafy suburbs, in in these schools where uh, you've got uh, you've got affluence, are being reserved for are being reserved for 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 uh, white teachers as opposed to black teachers, and and that is a problem. All right, we've got Tim Gordon on the line now. Uh, Rory, he's part of the governing body, is that correct? Yes, yeah, South African Governing Body Foundation. Good morning, Tim. Morning to you and to your listeners. 
Uh, Tim, let's, uh, let's, let's jump into it. So we're discussing this issue of transformation, particularly in relation to the racist, the racism incidents that we're seeing, um, across the country, particularly in the schools. Uh, the Sunday Times just came out, uh, with, with a report this weekend, um, just, uh, stating the, the, the extent of diversity in, in staff compliments. Now, uh, what does the South African Governing Body Foundation do and uh, in what respect uh, does it have interaction with this particular problem? We have very significant interaction with that problem. We understand the problematics of it. But at the same time, without in any way wishing to sound defensive, I would say that I think that both the Sunday Times in its report and the media in general in their reporting, understandably but not comfortably, overlook the positives and focus on the negatives, on those things which are going to grab the headlines. Obviously, that's what your job is. But I really do think that we need to look very carefully at, at the bigger picture as well. Tim, what is what is Sorry. the big what is the bigger picture in in respect to this? So, so while there are the positives, and we probably uh, create the opportunities to discuss the positives in the education system, is this not a very big negative in the context of where our country comes from? I think in reality, it's a very small negative. Mm-hmm. I think that if you take the big picture into account, and you see the number of young people who absolutely, regardless of race, color, creed, economic standing, uh, are getting on very, very well with each other. They are competing with each other. They are playing with each other. They are living with each other. They are loving each other. Mm. They are competing with each other. They are collaborating with each other in a way that is not found anywhere else in our society other than in uh, a relatively small number of Schools, but those are the schools where the racist problems occur. Mm, so, and they occur because young people are making space for themselves. They are finding their way in life. And and and, and part of that is them is them expressing that uh, it's unacceptable that we still have these these. Um, Undiverse teaching compliments. We just had a teacher on uh, before you, and yes. she indicates that it's very frustrating. She speaks about um, applying to schools and 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 having a situation where there's a disproportionate absorption of white teachers into former Model C and private schools um, as opposed to black teachers. So when you say it is a small issue, in which way is it small considering that uh, these teachers represent probably a very important pillar in the child's life uh, in terms of role models? And if all the child sees are the black staff, uh, the black people who are just cleaning uh, the, 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 the grounds and who are cleaning the classrooms and the, the majority of teachers, over 90% are white. Um, what does that, does that not perpetuate uh, the very problem we have in society? Uh, if, if you're saying it's a small problem in the context of the history of this country, um, is it really a fair comment to make? No, hang on a minute. You, you've taken my words a little bit out of context. Yes. What I'm saying is a small problem mm. is a number of racist issues that we have between young people in our schools. Okay. The huge majority of our young people who are in integrated schools, let's call it that for want of a better name, mm. are getting on extremely well together, are learning to live with each other, are living in a natural situation. And the, the um, flare-ups that come... Very sadly, given the history you're talking about, are perhaps to be expected in some cases, but I think we have fewer of them than would be expected. That's the one thing. I think the second thing is that some of, in many of them, 
race is not a factor. It is teenagerism and that sort of thing that is a factor. And you report on the ones where they happen to have people of different races. One doesn't look at the uh, realities of situation where the vast majority are getting on extremely well and are learning to break away from that sort of past that we have had. So that's why I say in that context, it is small. If we have a look at the staffing situation, there we have a different picture emerging. Mm. Again, there are reasons for it. I'm not going to go into all the reasons. Uh, we'd probably need another program for that. What, what are the key reasons, Tim, just, just at least to educate those of us that aren't as uh, deeply embedded in the system? The, the, the very first key reason is that, unfortunately, there is a very small proportion of the applications that come in to what are still incorrectly seen as white schools mm-hmm. coming from black staff members. Okay. And that is something which we have spent just, for example, in May, June, I have uh, addressed 15 seminars of our members on correcting that. So we're not getting applications from black, from black, we're not getting people, black people applying into these formerly or seen as white schools. That's correct. Okay. There are very, very few that apply. Okay. Uh, people tell me that they have had 60 applications, of which 57 came from white people. That's that was that one quote that came in one of the seminars that I was mm-hmm. speaking at. Mm-hmm. But we say then that what one has got to do, and in this respect, I'm absolutely with you, mm-hmm. that the schools need to go out and ensure not that they simply wait for applications, but that they actively seek applications from people who are going to be exactly what you mentioned, the role models, so that every young person in a school can find an older person in the school that they are comfortable with looking up to, with modeling themselves on. Mm, mm. And there, as, as I say, we as an organization have spent considerable time and effort on attempting to change some of the uh, of the negatives which are carried over historically. Tim, what are you doing? Um, and how can black uh, teachers who are listening to the show get involved in what you're doing in terms of the process? Well, in, in terms of the first process, it's, it's a tiny little bit late in that we have just done 15 seminars where they could have come and heard what we had to say and listened to what we were asking for and encouraging both sides, encouraging uh, management and governance to actively seek um, people from other race groups to apply and actively encourage people from other race groups to apply from our point of view. We believe that that is the area where the transformation has got stuck and that it is, it, it's a sad reflection on society that that's not happening. Again, there are some reasons for that. Very clearly, some people... Uh, and, and I'm talking about integrating both ways because, of course, there are far, far, far too few white people in our schools, which very sadly have still remained black schools. Mm. But you've got language issues. You've got distance issues. And it's, it's a societal reflection that if you've got the choice of where you want to teach, work, you're going to try and stay closer to where you live rather than further from. You're going to, if you want to be a teacher, you're teaching... <clears throat> You know, you, you, you can treat a person's, if you're a veterinary person, you can treat a dog 
without being able to speak the dog's language. Mm. But you actually can't teach people without being able to speak their language. Tim, it's it's interesting, and I am interested by what you're saying. Um, it's a fascinating point of view. It just feels very counter. We've just had this uh, amazing teacher who's had probably close to eight years of, of teacher experience, Abongile, who's, who's spoken to us, and she says almost the exact opposite to what you're saying in her experience and her black colleagues who are our teacher's experience, is that she's been applying. She doesn't get feedback from the schools. Um, she has to travel great distances now, and her colleagues as well, to to go to schools that actually have accepted her, so it, and those are in black townships because they're in black townships, and of course they don't live in black townships. You know, they just yeah. have to go teach yeah. there. So, so why is there this huge discrepancy by in, in what you're saying to what is on the ground and what this teacher's experience is saying? Well, the, the only thing that I can say is, is a partial explanation of that is that she is teaching. Uh, sorry, she is speaking from an experience of one, and I'm teaching from the feedback from 700 schools. Mm. Our schools, there will be, as you've indicated, one or two or three or seven people who are applying. But the general picture is that they are not applying. Is there a problem at the these former model C schools and private schools where uh, certain teachers are frowned upon because they are part of unions? Is that a concern that's that's been raised in your in your roadshows and in your discussions with all these schools? It's interesting that that, that is not a feature that has come up at all from the governance or management side. What has come up on occasion is that the teachers who belong to one or two of the unions philosophically feel uncomfortable in let's call them the other sort of schools, because of the different approach. Now, again, I don't want to get terribly technical on this, but in essence, you will find two approaches to education almost across the world. If you look at the sort of schools that we have in our suburbs, they are based on an English model, which is based on developments go back to the 1820s at rugby school in England, where the whole concept was the development of the entire character, nature of the young people that were being educated. Um, You have the second one, perhaps France is one of the better models of that, where the teacher is regarded not as an educator of the entire person, but as simply an educational technologist, somebody who goes into the classroom, teaches well, and then that is the end of their responsibility. Now, we have both of those sort of schools in South Africa. We have some that believe in the educational technology, go in and teach well and then leave. And that is obviously one which is very different in nature from the one which says, no, no, when you're finished in the classroom, then you are expected to develop other things, get involved in sport and cultural activities, weekend work, evening activities, and so on. And some people don't want that. And and our unions, interestingly, to some extent, reflect those two different approaches. Tim, have you ever engaged with any kind of black teachers forum? Are there any black teachers forums that you know about? We have that as another one of our historical difficulties. We engage very, very regularly with um, three 
of our sister organizations, if you'd like to call it that. And sadly, the organizations that we are talking about still reflect to some extent our history. We have got probably more, no, not probably, definitely, more English medium schools as our members than we have either Afrikaans-speaking or Tosa-speaking or Sizulu-speaking or Sepedi-speaking schools. Mm. There are others which have a vast, vast, vast majority of people from those other languages who belong to their organizations. Again, that's, I suppose, where one feels most comfortable. But yes, we interact with them very, very regularly. Um, I would say almost on on a weekly basis. How many people of color on, are on your exco at the moment, Tim? On our exco at the moment, our chair is a person of color. Our chair in the Eastern Cape is a person of color. Um, and in our uh, other three branches which we have, they are white people. So one could assume that there, there needs to be some kind of huge amounts of integration that is needed not only at the schools but also in organizations like yourselves to understand what the lived experience is? Uh, Certainly that is a need and certainly that is something which we work very hard at trying to understand, yes. I, I, I know we've got to run out of time, Rory. You want to ask a few questions, but I, the, the obvious one for me is we need to connect Abongile and her, her colleagues with Tim here so that they can have a very personal, intimate discussion about their experiences that seem so diverse. I'd love to do that. Yeah, I think it's, uh, We would I'd, certainly love to do that as well. I think it certainly would be worth it, uh, Tim. My, my concern listening to you is, is that, you know, that there, there, there comes, if we're going to have an honest conversation about this, we need to allow ourselves to also be vulnerable. Um, it starts there because that's where we begin to acknowledge uh, the issues. And I think what what I'm hearing a lot from you is sort of a very defensive thing around, yes, there is a problem, but we need to understand this and that. Now, we have young black teachers, for example, who are coming through the system, haven't done anything to deserve being, being sidelined and are saying they're feeling sidelined. You're saying, on the other hand, we're not getting applications. So there's definitely uh, something that's amiss in this entire in this entire spectrum. So I think for me, the big question, Tim, is so what do we do? What should happen? Um, it's clearly not right. Um, you mentioned as well that we're not seeing white teachers being, uh, being absorbed into formerly black schools. So this is clearly not right. It is not a reflection of the values that we aspire to as a nation. Um, what can you as an organization do to make sure that this changes? All right, well, just to say I'm really not being defensive, I'm being the exact opposite. I'm saying absolutely openly that it is an area that we believe needs to be addressed. Mm. And I have done 15 seminars in three weeks to try and persuade people from all persuasions that that is the way to go. So it is is certainly not a defensive thing on our side. Mm. We are doing the exact opposite. We are trying to ensure that we both serve and include people from across the spectrum. Absolutely. So, so what, the what only can thing you that I'm do? saying mm. is that there are some aspects which uh, are slightly different in the education scene from the, let's say, the accounting scene or something like that, mm. that, that make it uh, a little more difficult and a little more understanding. But I believe that we need to continue to have the discussions. I would love to be able to chat 
to the, the young people that you are talking about. I would love to be able to take you at some stage into some of our schools and mm. show what is happening. You uh, know I what, Andrew? give you an indication of the exact numbers. So Andrew and myself will, will commit on air that we will facilitate this as an off-air intervention. And let's see if we can connect you to some of these groups of it and maybe hear from them directly and see what... Mm. See what comes from it. And maybe we should get some headmasters of these schools that haven't transformed as well to get to make them as vulnerable as you, Tim, and, and, and ask the questions as to why diversity roadmaps either haven't been created or haven't been implemented. I would think that that's, that's a good commitment. We can do that, Rory. We can make a little change here, hopefully. Let's, let's, let's let's do that. Well, thanks a lot, Tim, for joining us. The national CEO of the South African Governing Body uh, Foundation. Uh, th- thanks a lot, Tim, and good luck with all of uh, what, what comes next. With you. Thanks. And I look forward to further contact. Thank you. Fantastic. Well, I don't know, man. These, I feel like our things. energy is very low on this at the moment. Eh? <laughs> uh, so my energy is not low. There's just a great sense of frustration because because it's it's this thing around, yeah, there's a problem, but you know there are some other things that we should be focusing on right now this is and there isn't a plan yeah so i spoke at i spoke at a thing at 15 road shows uh, and that's about all i'm going to do mm. you know um uh you know i would love to see a very clear action around how do we resolve this it's not right i, mm. I, I don't i'm not from whatever angle that i'm trying to process this yes you can't fire all of the teachers um, that you can't fire the existing teachers in the system and replace them with black teachers. That's fine, but you can't tell me that in all of these schools, they are, the teachers aren't retiring and spaces aren't being created. Mm. That that for me just sounds crazy. So we have to do something, and it's 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 hundred percent unacceptable. But okay, let's speak to let's speak to somebody who has almost uh, bucked the trend uh, seemingly um, and he has decided and has gone on to as a, as a white teacher gone on to teach um, in a supposedly or let's call it a formerly uh, black school his name is Sven Glietenberg Sven good morning morning so Sven, you're traveling. Thank you so much for making time to to chat to us. Uh, so you are a statistical anomaly, Sven. Um, what in the world got into you? Uh, interesting question. Um, yeah, I think um, I think a lot of white people uh, that that grow up believing or wanting to believe that they're not racist. Uh, have a deep desire to, quote unquote, save or help black people. So I guess that is part of part of the reason I probably started or wanted to teach in a country school five years ago. Um, other part is is because in my life my parents have moved around a lot. I've, I've lived in different African countries. I'm I'm used to moving to new places. So just part of my character because of my upbringing, uh, I'm a person who likes to who likes to live in different places with different people and I don't necessarily need to be uh, look or talk similarly to the people I'm around. So I think those are two important elements. And then I guess the sort of political conviction to 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 try and solve the problems in our society. And but that's 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 bound up I think in some way um, with that circular complex, I think. Which, which is something I'm dealing with or I'm trying to deal with, and it's a constant... Yeah, I think it's something to constantly reflect on, the, the real reason why I'm doing what I'm doing. Everybody should think of the real reasons why they're doing what they're doing. 
So Sven, you you teach. Uh, we're going to have to cut it short because uh, because of the line uh, not being very good. I imagine it's because you 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 you're on the move. But you teach in Soweto. Is that correct? Well. Sorry, Sven. Sven. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're losing you. So, do you teach in Soweto? Uh, I think we're going to have to to cut that off, Sven. Uh, we will have to get Sven into because that's a very interesting story. Um, he bucks yeah, the white savior model. Yeah, well, he admits. He mm. says, "Look, five years ago, he says five years ago, this is what I was thinking." So it would be really good to get him in um, and understand. Uh, he certainly bucks the trend, and there's probably a bucking the trend show that we need to have. So all these, the, all <laughs> that's the people, a nice one. Bucking the trend. All the yeah. people that yeah. buck the trend. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's, it's quite interesting that he would have taken that decision, but it also sounds like he was raised in a very different, uh, society and let's call it a community and a, a thought pattern to what, uh, the majority of teachers in our, in our system would have been raised in, right? Mm. He moved around a number of African countries comfortable with it. So you can see the difference. Um, and yes, he is a sample size of one, but you can certainly see the difference where of upbringing and you can mm. see how that then changed your mindset and and then begins to drive different behavior now if we have teachers and principals that have been raised in this racist uh, environment that was South Africa how in the world do we expect them to make different choices and behave differently than what they already know they don't know any other way and that is where I'm saying then organizations uh, government and so on need to be saying okay guys it it seems to be a little bit out of your 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 league I mean, a bit uh, uh, you know outside of your pay grade to fix this mm. so let's help you uh, with laws and regulations and so on and people will hate that but how in the world are we going to change the situation it is so deep on so many levels um and the problem is you know like there's another show to be done about why white people and I, and I am being very, very, um, generalistic here. So I, I know I'm about to get lambasted by the work white people, the non-work white people, but why there seems to be the situation of, of creating, um, these closed spaces that then they want to continue to be in, you know? Yeah. Um, cause, you know, it's one thing to talk about someone who's a little older, Rory, and, the socialization that that person has gone through where they've lived predominantly their life in apartheid, I'm almost a little bit more sympathetic. Am I empathetic? No. Am I sympathetic? Yes. Right? But someone who's 20, 25, 30, and then continues the cycle of fear, and that's really what it is in South Africa. We have a huge amount of fear amongst all our people in South Africa. Fear of a black teacher coming to your school to teach not Zulu or closer, actually mathematics. Like, what is that about? Well, let's let's speak to somebody who who works within the teachers, uh, the teaching pr- uh, profession, and works with teachers directly. Um, he is Basil Manuel. He is the president of the National Professional Teachers Organization of South Africa. Good morning, Basil. Good morning. How are you this morning? Fantastic, thank you, uh, Basil. Um, we we've been having quite a, a broad conversation around, um, you know, does the color of your does the does the skin color of your teacher matter? Um, and we've heard from a black teacher who said, you know what, 
our opportunities are limited. Um, we, we are being shut out effectively of the former Model C and private schools. And then we had somebody from the uh, South African Governing Body Foundation who says, no, no, no. The problem is that these schools are not getting enough black applications and that's why they're unable to uh, diversify their staff complement. Um, what exactly is going on? Because we're confused. Well, uh, I can hear from what you're saying that it certainly does sound confusing. Mm. I, I would imagine it's a little bit of both, but I, I would like to believe that uh, schools have to keep up numbers, and numbers go to the applications. But uh, in this day and age, I would be most concerned if there are people that are deliberately excluding any uh, one group. And um, we know for a fact that um, your former Model C schools, your, your, particularly your English former Model C schools, are the most integrated schools uh, in the country. However, I think that there may still be one or two that are practicing uh, old methods. I don't have anything that would prove that. But certainly, uh, we interact with, with membership in all types of schools, and uh, we are fully supportive of the idea that uh, access has to be simply based on, on the criteria for access and not because of some hidden criteria that excludes. Basil, we don't have a lot of time, but I just wanted to ask you, when you say um, there's, a, there's, there's a lot of integration in what you call former Model C English schools, are you talking about student body or staff complement? I'm talking about student body. Okay. Staffs change much slower. And uh, let, let, let me just embroider on that a little bit. Remember that on average, teachers don't move around very much, unlike some other professions. So if a person joins the staff, they could be there for 40 years. And then, of course, um, we, we've got to be very careful about anti-selection. I am certain that there is anti-selection happening when it comes to staffing. However, uh, a number of schools have certainly made great strides in integrating staff. But um, certainly I can agree that not enough has been done. Um, can, can you point us to a school that has done well? Yes. Uh, look, my background is, is primarily in KZN. I can look at Carter High School. I can look at Alexandra High School. I can look at Girls High in Peter Maddisburg. The very school that has had all the drama recently with the youngsters that went ballistic racially. Uh, it is a school that has made great strides in, in changing the stock. But and, uh, uh, the Girls High, actually, quite interestingly, only has uh, you know no more than five black teachers. A Peter Marisburg. Yeah, Peter, yeah Peter Marisburg Girls High, no? Yeah. It, it only okay. has it, it and and those teachers specifically teach the the the, the, the Nguni languages. Now that's very strange. Look, I'm I'm talking about my history a few years ago with the school, and that seems to have changed a bit. Mm. But certainly, I the schools like and Lynn Park, Alex, uh, and and um, Carter have made great strides. But I would agree, it's certainly not enough, and we mustn't box people in where we are employing people to teach specific subjects like Ifi Zulu because the teacher is black. If you're a black teacher, that doesn't mean that you are a, a language uh, teacher yeah. automatically. Yeah. Ba- Basil, so. uh, we, mm. uh, we need to squeeze in two quick questions. Um, the first one is, does it matter? You've been in the teaching profession. Does it matter what the color of the, the skin color of your teacher is? I, I would imagine that uh, it does matter. I was the head of a school for 18 years and we went on a specific drive to ensure that we include teachers of every 
colour and creed because it does matter with identification and children must be able to see, I was in a primary school, that uh, the teachers of my skin colour are as good as teachers of another skin colour. So mm. it does matter mm. from that background, but it also does matter where I think that people are anti-selecting simply because of colour. Yeah. On that note, Basil, thank you very much. We're going to have to leave it there. Um, it's a, I think this is a conversation that needs to be had in a number of different ways, Andrew. Um, mm-hmm. we, 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 we've hardly scratched the surface on this, but I think something certainly has to be done. It's a frustrating thing, isn't it? It is, and we haven't done a racism show in ages. And uh, we get I can back feel that you're hotter, you're hotter like, than that color. Eh? man, you know. <laughs> but yeah, it this all is, starts at the schools, right? It, it all starts, starts at, at the, the schools, ECD, absolutely. and then primary, and then uh, you know high school, and then suddenly we go into varsity, and then we see these spur incidents, and we we like, but why? But why? Yeah. Why? And this is where the kids are spending most of their time in a week. You know. Let's do this. Let's let's commit to sorting out a discussion between our friend Tim and Abongile and let's uh, let's make some kind of change here. Let's Who said radio broadcasters can't make change? Yeah? Absolutely. Nice let's one. It, let's give it a shot. Hey, if you missed any of the podcast, check it out. Cliffcentral.com forward slash Frankly Speaking. We'll be back next week. Ciao, ciao. Cliffcentral.com